0: (laughs) Praise the Lord. So good to see what God has done and is doing, and uh, He is a good, good God. My, what a good God we serve. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, I was uh, praying about the services. I pray about all of our services, and knowing today is Super Bowl Sunday, and I know a lot of churches are making that their theme and having folks wear their team jerseys and stuff like that. The Lord just didn't give me a Super Bowl message. I don't know. I... Someone asked me, though, they said, Pastor, I need a scripture for my, uh, my team. And I said, well, what, which is your team? They said, no, you give me a scripture for each one, and then I'll tell you. And I was like, okay. I said, well, in uh, Genesis 22, uh, verse 13, uh, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and there was a ram caught in the bush, and uh, the Lord provided. Uh, so Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. Okay, that's where we get that from. And they just looked at me. I said, oh, that was the wrong team, okay. I said, well, James 4 and 10, uh, humble yourself or deflate yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. And, and they didn't like that one either. So I said, I give up, I give up. That wasn't good. <laughs> My kids abandoned me. I'm a Cowboys guy from years back. And they and they abandoned me and they're all patriots fans so yeah, yeah so so they didn't like that one either okay well but well, i I'm, thank god i'm not called to be a uh I reckon you would say a sports cast or something like that i'd really do bad but i'm being called to be a preacher so we're going to preach the word this morning amen we don't need a theme we got the holy ghost <laughs> praise the lord so, uh, I want to talk to you to, as I was, was praying, and I was like, Lord, this message is not for Super Bowl Sunday. And he's like, are you running to show or am I running to show? And I said, God, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I opened my mouth too quickly. Okay, yeah, you're running to show. And he gave me this message that I've entitled, The Night Process of Faith. The Night Process of Faith. And uh, we're going to be, uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but it seems like at night, the pains in our body intensify. It's like everything gets more painful, Loneliness seems to be more uh, you know, accentuated. Uh, whatever it may be, it seems to just really scream loud at night. Uh, I remember our children, uh, you know, as they were growing up, some of them maybe would get sick, and it was like it was just the longest night. Everything was bad at night. And it's like, man, if we can just see the sun come up, if we can just get the sunshine, shining again, we're going to get through this thing. And uh, so the Lord just deposited this in me because there's somebody here. You may be sitting here, maybe you're tuning in, and we welcome all of you who are tuning in all around the world. Uh, This message may be for you as well, but the Lord said there's somebody going through a night season, and they they need this word, uh, that there is a process of faith that is worked through the night season. So we've entitled this The Night Process of Faith. Number 17, we're going to be reading together uh, through the Word of God. Number 17, beginning at verse 1. Father God, I just want to ask You to supernaturally, by Your Holy Spirit, bring forth the revelation and illumination to bring understanding and application of Your Word in and through our lives. Lord, I know You chose the preacher to preach the Word, the foolishness of preaching, Lord. I surrender to that. And I just ask You, Holy Spirit, that You would use me and speak through me in a way that would convey what You would have communicated to each and every one of us. To You be the glory, the honor, and the praise, for it is in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So here we are in Numbers chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod from each of the fathers' houses, all their leaders according to their fathers' houses, twelve rods. Write each man's name on his rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod for the tribe of Levi. For there shall be one rod of the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of the meeting before the testimony where I will meet with you." And it shall be the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom, thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel which they make against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's houses, 12 rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold... The rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds, had produced blossoms, and yielded ripe almonds. Wow. The night process of faith. Now, where in my text here does it say anything about night? It simply said that they laid these rods before the Lord, and by the next day, the miracle had taken place. I want you to picture this. A wooden stick, maybe like a broomstick, a broom handle, or just this plain stick uh, that has no chance of life, has no sign of life, has no root in it, has no sap in it, it has no life in it, it's just dry, it's barren, it's dead. And as dead as it was, Aaron's rod, the Bible says, supernaturally budded, blossomed, and brought forth fruit. There was almonds on it, there were blossoms on it, there was buds on it. And all of it happened overnight. The miracle took place during the night. The miracle took place when nobody was looking. And I'm here to encourage somebody today with a message about the night process of faith. Because that's exactly what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take something in your life that maybe you have deemed that it is totally hopeless or it is totally beyond repair... And God said, before I finish with it, I will cause that dead thing to bud, to blossom, and to bring forth fruit. I'm speaking prophetically into someone's life today. I'm bringing the word of God into your situation of where it may seem it cannot happen, where it seems like without a miracle, nothing is going to come out of it, and God said, the miracle is here. The miracle is here, and I'm going to cause it to bud, I'm going to cause it to blossom, and I'm going to cause it to bring forth fruit for my glory. Hallelujah. I know this is a word for somebody today. So I want you to say, if it's for you, I want you to open your ears and say, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my situation. Speak to my circumstance, okay? I can't blame the devil for why he's fought you so hard. He knew that this word was from the Lord and he knew it was going to rekindle a fire. He knew it was going to stir up your faith. So he's probably been fighting you all night. He's probably been fighting you this morning trying to keep you from coming to the house of God. And he's tried to get you to feel like you needed to give up. You knew it was time for you to quit. It was time for you to throw in the towel. But I'm telling you, it's not time to quit. No, the word of the Lord is that he's going to come into your dead situation and he's going to cause it to buzz bu- he's going to cause it to blossom and he's going to cause it to bring forth fruit hallelujah so I'm here to talk to somebody today about the night process of faith because in order for faith to effectively germinate to the point of fruition it has to be incubated through a night process let me say that again. In order for your faith to be germinated to the point of fruition or bearing fruit, it has to be incubated through a process during the night that has to take place. See, faith cannot flourish in an atmosphere where there are no challenging conditions. Faith is not faith if you don't have to believe God for something. Faith is not faith if you're not on an up- or upward climb and you need the assistance of God. Faith germinates when we have adversaries. Faith germinates when there's an enemy coming against you. Let me tell you what. If the faithful flee adversity we will miss opportunities to go to deeper realms of faith. But I say, I I just tell the devil, you you try to come at me one way, but the Lord's going to use that stone you threw at me to be a stepping stone for me to go to the next level. Devil, you can keep throwing your stones because I need those rocks to build my staircase up to the next level, okay? Because faith germinates in the most disadvantageous situations. So if you've got a tough situation, situation you're dealing with today, if there are some circumstances in your life that are less than favorable, if there is things that are going on that really bring tears to your eyes, you can rejoice in your faith, man. You can rejoice in the depth of your heart knowing that when the devil's bringing this against you, God's at work. God's at work. All you got to do is not lose faith. All you got to do is stay in faith because there's a night process of faith where your faith will bring you out. It will bring you through. It will bring you to the next level. See, it is in those adversities that our faith is propelled to the next degree of grace that God has for us. And we see this throughout the Word of God. I'm telling you, as you look at the Word of God, you see one, that God is never, look at somebody and say, never, he is never hindered, Uh, he is never held back, he is never exhausted in the midst of adversity. There's nothing the devil has ever thrown against him in heaven or on earth that has caused him to even blink an eye. He said, before the blink of an eye, he cast him out of heaven. Let me tell you what, that there's no adversity that is going to uh, hinder the work of of God. You need to tell yourself that right now. There's no adversity, nothing the devil ever bring against me that is greater than my God. There's no sickness that will come against this body that the healing power of God is not greater. There is no poverty spirit that will ever come against this body that the provision of God is not greater. There is no bondage the devil will ever try to put on my life that the freeing hand of God is not greater because nothing the devil will do will ever hinder the work of God. It was in the beginning, Genesis 1 and 1 that God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. It was void. There was darkness that covered the face of the earth. The face of the deep was covered in darkness and the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what began to move. I'm telling you He moved in the darkness. He moved in the chaos. He moved in the night situation. He moved in the blackness of night. He moved in the darkness of despair and decadence. The Spirit of God can move in the darkness of the creative order and bring forth the will of God he can do the same in your life there may be darkness covering your life there may be decadence you're dealing with today but you can know this that the spirit of God can move in the midst of that darkness and bring forth light and that light can be the life that God has for you God refuses to be intimidated by dark surroundings which challenge him And you as sons and daughters of the Most High God should refuse to be intimidated by any dark circumstances. I'm telling you, when darkness comes against God, He stands in the blackness of despair and He definitively opens His mouth and declares His oracles with such propensity that He spoke His word, let there be light! And here, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, that same light is shining. It'll never burn out. I'm telling you, God, when He stands against darkness, what He does wins every time. Hallelujah. I, that light has evolved out of the darkness, out of the womb of the dark disparity. Light emerged undaunted and unintimidated. And as it did it in creative order, God will do it in your life. He will do it in your life. We have a God who's an ama- amazing God. He's a supernatural God. And let me tell you what. There may be, uh, everything may not seem to be in order in your life. But let me tell you what. You get the Word of God on it. You get the Word of God on it. The Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will manifest bringing that thing back into order, writing that thing. I'm telling you, God works through adversity. There's nothing the devil will ever send against us that can defeat us if we'll stand in Him. If we will stand in Him. You look in the book of Genesis and you see something revealed to us about God. He says that uh, as we study Genesis in the beginning of creative order, he says, so the evening and the morning were the first day. Did you get that? He said the evening and the morning were the first day. Then he goes on and he says, the evening and the morning were the second day. You need to get this. This revelation will help you. God counts your days by nights. He counts your days by nights. He starts your day with your evening and your night experience. Even if you study the, uh, uh, the feasts that the Lord set up, the four spring feasts and the three fall feasts, if you look at the feasts that He set up, you will know that He even tells them specifically, tells us in His Word specifically, that they begin with the evening, with the going down of the sun the day before. He counts your days by nights. God begins your daybreak at midnight. That's an important point because it's at that midnight hour when it seems that the pain is the greatest. It's at that midnight hour when it seems the problem is something that is unsolvable. It seems like at the midnight hour that that bondage will suffocate us, but that's just when God is beginning. That's when your daybreak is just beginning. God will make your day out of night. So when God prophesies to you about your day and He doesn't prophesy to us about our night. He prophesies to us about our day, where He's taken us. We're going to be the head and not the tail. We're going to be above and not beneath. We're going to be blessed coming in. We're going to be blessed going out. We're going to be blessed in the sea. We're going to be blessed in the field. We're the sons of God, daughters of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. uh, uh, We have the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He he speaks to us that we have the life abundant that Jesus has for us. He speaks to you about, about your day. But guess what? once He gives you the proclamation of heaven over your life, then the next thing that occurs usually is the night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God will make your next day out of your midnight experience. So don't be intimidated by midnight experiences. God said, bring this word today. Somebody here is having to deal with some midnight experiences. Somebody here is having to deal with some less than favorable circumstances. Somebody is having to process some circumstances and news and and things in life that, that if this is the way it's going to be the rest of your life, you've lost all hope. But God said, no, no, no. Don't be intimidated by the nighttime experiences. In the book of Exodus, we see God telling Moses that the death angel would come in the night. And when he sees the blood, he would pass over that house. If you remember that, the blood has the same power in the night as it does the day. The death angel would come in the night, in the nighttime, in that nighttime process. But when he sees the blood, let me tell you what, even when the enemy comes in at night, if he can see the blood, the blood has the same power in your nighttime experience as it does in your daytime celebration and your overcoming praise. Let me tell you what, you've got to know that, that God does His work in the middle of the night. Don't you give up and don't you throw in the towel and don't you back down in the middle of the night when the crisis is intense and the darkness is deep and you feel like there's no way out, you say, wait a minute, there may not seem to be a way out, but I know the way maker. Hallelujah. He'll make a way in the desert and He'll bring light into the darkness and He'll bring me over and through and I'm telling you what I'm not letting go of the hand that, that 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 has created the heavens and the earth. The psalmist David said that weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning you got to hold on. Just tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Hold on. Let your faith hold on. I'm not letting go of the promise of God. I'm not letting go of the Word of God. I'm not letting go of what God has said. I'm going to hold on. Tick-tock, tick-tock. I'm weeping right now, but it's not lining up, but it's going to line up. It's not manifesting right now, but it's going to manifest. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. If I'll just hold on to what God has said in His promise, let me tell you what, my joy is coming in the morning. The night process of faith. I say the night process of faith. Let me tell you, it may, I bring to your attention this morning that while we are having a morning here in Virginia, there are those uh, maybe in Japan or in Romania who are having a midnight. And it's all going on at the same time. You can see the the slide here over my head, how, how that works. And uh, I know every Saturday night, as I'm preparing and uh, and getting ready for the sermon and all for years now. Uh, one of our pastors, um, Pastor Daniel in Homa Bay, Kenya, he's now got 15 Christian Embassy churches in Africa there started under our leadership. And uh, he he always reaches out and says, you know, Pastor Pastor Tim, please pray for me. I need your covering as I'm getting ready to step out into ministry. So while it's night here, it is day there. It's happening at the same time. Uh, It's just how God has set up this earth, going on simultaneously. So may I suggest to you that in this very house that we're gathered in right now, and all of us joining together, some of you may be going through your midnight experience, while others of you are enjoying a daybreak. And we're sitting here right together. That's why sometimes you were in totally different situations depending on where you're positioned as the world turns, if I could say it that way. So, if you're going through a night experience, here's a word for, from the Lord for you. And I really believe this is what God would have you hear today. He would say to you, My son, my daughter, don't you give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Don't you let go. Weary not in well-doing. Weary not in well-doing. For you will reap. You will reap. God is saying your daybreak is coming. Your daybreak is just tick-tock, tick-tock, just moments away. If you faint not, don't give up. If the world keeps turning, your night will turn today. Somebody needs to hear that right now. What you're going through right now is not going to be the rest of your life. It's not going to mark you. It's not going to be your identifying marker for the rest of your life. You, and let me tell, tell you what, the good thing is this, God is saying, you don't really have to do anything to get to a day except survive the night. Do you hear me? Because God has a process working and it takes faith to survive the night and to stand until when, when everything seems to be falling, to stand, and if you'll keep standing, the daybreak is coming. The Bible shows us this throughout The word, how God works in the night. Anybody in here know what a nighttime experience is? I'm not talking about it's dark outside. I'm talking about a nighttime experience in your life. So I'm talking to the right people. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the Bible shows that God works in the night. He's a watchman. Let me tell you what. We'll all face some nights in our life. But let me tell you what. We won't face them alone because our God is with us. Hallelujah. If you don't believe me that God knows how to work in the night, let's just ask Paul and Silas. You remember the story? They've cast out this demon that was possessing this girl that was giving her demonic uh, 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 insight in how to fortune tell and uh, she was a slave and owned and the owner was making money off of her and he gets mad, gets the crowd that Paul's preaching to and Silas is ministering to, to turn on them and uh, the politics of the day gets into this riot and this big uh, nasty scene and they strip Paul and Silas of their clothes and beat them and, and, and uh, bring accusation and charges against them and they get thrown into prison and they're made out to be, here's preachers that are just helping people, but they're made out to be such evil people that they have to put them in the inner cell. They have to put them in the basement of the prison where the sewage and all flows. And there they are, bound. You know the story. And there they are bleeding, and there they are bruised, and there they are uh, falsely accused and all the negative that is happening on and uh, but let me tell you what we found out that God reached into the middle of their praise and worship service he interrupted their praise and worship service because the Bible says at midnight instead of whining and complaining and instead of cursing their future with their tongue because the power of death and life and curses and blessings is in the power of the tongue they took their tongue and they said I'll praise you anyway God I I, I Paul probably told Silas, I've been through some night seasons before and this night process of faith, let us keep our faith and God will bring us through it. And there they said, we're going to just sing some praises unto God. And the whole prison could hear the echo coming up from that inner cell as they're praising God and singing worship unto God. And the Bible says the hand of God moved and shook the foundation of the prison and the bars came open and the chains fell off and the socks fell off, not only on them but on every one of the prisoners that heard them hallelujah you got to know how to react in the night season of your life and let me tell you what paul and silas is a good example there god knows how to work in your night season you don't believe me ask peter there was peter another one who was locked up in the sanctum of the jail cell and 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 the bible says that in the middle of the night god sent an angel Walk right past the guards, walk right past the locked prison door and, and cause it to burst open. And here's Peter is set free in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, there is a night process of faith. You can look at it in the disciples' life, you can look at it in the, in the patriarch's life, you can study the scripture and you will see this night process of faith. We can even see it in the life of Jesus. He was betrayed at night, the Bible says. He was arrested at night, the Bible says. They hung Him high, they stretched Him wide, and the sun refused to shine. Even though it was day, it was a nighttime experience. But then again, the ground began to shake because God knows how to work in the nighttime uh, experiences of our life. And God shook the foundation of the earth and that we see that early Sunday morning that he got up from that grave with all power and authority and all might and the keys of the kingdom, the death, hell and the grave in his hand because he endured the night. I'm telling you, somebody here today, you need to get a hold of yourself and say, I'm not going to give in to this challenge. I'm not going to give in to these negative circumstances. I'm not going to yield my life and my future to the lies of hell that's coming from the darkness of this pit. I've got the hand of my God that I'm holding on to. And this water that's trying to drown me, the hand of my God's going to lift me up and I can walk on this water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the whole gospel message is built on a nighttime to morning experience. So if you live life, check somebody's pulse next to you. If you feel a pulse, they're living. They're living life. If you live life, you must know you've got to be prepared for when the nighttime experiences come. They will come. But the nighttime is the right time for your faith to take on a new dimension and go to to, to a new level in your life. Did you hear what I'm saying? The nighttime is not the right time for you to throw in the towel. The nighttime is not the right time for you to give up on the promises of God. No, the right nighttime is the right time for your faith to take hold of what God said and says, I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not letting go. And it takes you to a whole new level. Hallelujah. See, when you go through a nighttime experience, you cannot walk by sight. Now, sometimes we need a nighttime experience to help us learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Did you hear what I said? Now, that nighttime experience is not something that God is putting you in. It's, it's an attack of the enemy. But you know what? When the enemy comes in to attack us, we've got to learn. I mean, God's called us to war, to, to, to armor and to be in a spiritual warfare. And if he tells us life is going to be a spiritual warfare, we've got to understand that we've got an enemy. We can't put our head in the sand and pretend there's no devil, no demons. But when the enemy comes against us, God is so set this thing up that by faith, that by faith what the enemy means for evil gets turned for good. Hallelujah. The only way you're going to survive the night season is by faith. you got to walk by faith. You can't see. You can't see. But let me tell you what. God can see in the midst of the night. God has better vision than an owl. God has better vision than a cat. He can see in the middle of the night. And if you will walk by faith, He will guide you right through that night season into your daybreak. Break. Hallelujah. See, faith calls things that are not as though they are. Faith refuses to be blinded by the night. The enemy tells you, you're going down. You're going to die. But your faith should rise up and say, no, I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not going to stumble because I'm being led by the hand of the, my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is guiding me and directing me. He said He would guide me. His Word is guiding me. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm not, I'm not going to stumble, no, because I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got, I've got the Word of God. And I got the promises of God. See, faith is bodacious. Somebody needs some bodacious faith. That little mealy mouth faith that you think is faith. No, no, no. That's just baby cereal. That's baby food. You thought you were eating some good stuff when you went from formula or milk to baby food. But let me tell you what, baby. There's a whole steak prepared for you. There's some good food. There's some mashed potatoes. There's some corn on the cob. There's some some greens with some ham hocks. Come on now. You you just think that baby No, 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 no. That that baby faith. Come on. Let me tell you what. We need some bodacious faith that says, yet He slayed me, I will trust Him. It may look like He's going to slay me, but I know i got to trust Him. He's a good God. He's going to bring me through this thing. Oh, bodacious faith. It's relentless. It's radical. It's tenacious. I pray somebody here today would get a hold of your tenacious faith and says, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to worship God regardless of the circumstances I may be currently in. When backed in a corner with nothing to hold on to, faith just stands there by itself and says, I still believe in him. Oh, that's where we need to get. Looks like the, the dam, his burst of the negative things coming against us, but we stand in the midst of it and said, I still believe in him. It may be my nighttime of life, but I still believe in him. I may have lost my job, but I still believe in him. I may have lost my home, but I still believe in him. My, House payment may be backed up, but I still believe in Him. This lump may still be in my breast, but I still believe in Him. I still may have a limp in my walk, but I still believe in Him. My God is going to bring me through. He's going to bring me over, and I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be richer when I come through this thing. You just watch it, devil, because I still believe. Hallelujah. If you're going to be a person of faith, You've got to stop letting what you see. You've got to stop letting your emotions. You've got to stop letting the way you feel stop you. You take the word of God and it says, okay, feelings. It, it doesn't matter what you're feeling. Okay, I can wipe the tears. I got the emotions, but I'm not going to let that change me. This is what God says. This word right here is what God says, and God is not a man that he should lie. And I'm going to stand on this word. I'm going to declare this word. I'm going to believe this word. I'm going to walk in this word. I'm going to let this be my plumb line. I'm going to let this be my foundation. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I believe. Man, you got to grow up and say, even when I can't see my way clear, I still believe him. I still believe him. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But somebody needs to break down and believe God even when you can't see with your own eyes. You need to break down and believe God. You see this example with Father Abraham that while he slept, God came and cut covenant with him. You see it with Adam that God came to him, wanted him to have a helpmate and someone to make his life complete and fulfilled. And while Adam slept, God reached in and performed a night surgery and pulled out a bride for Him. Throughout the Scriptures, if you'll study the Bible, I can show you miracle after miracle after miracle that God performed during the night. During the night. Consider this. When Judas came to Jesus at night to betray Him with a kiss, Jesus called Him friend. Consider that. And then at the same night, Peter tries to stop Jesus from his nighttime experience of the cross and Jesus calls him the devil. Wait a minute. Judas comes and betrays him at night. He gets called friend. Peter tries to keep Jesus from a nighttime experience of being crucified and Jesus calls him the devil. This may be hard for you to swallow. There are times you are not doing somebody a favor to try and stop them from going through their night. Mmm, you need to hear that. Sometimes you've got to let people go through what they need to go through in order for them to get to, to where they need to go to. Amen. Amen. If through your intervention you keep circumventing the experience in their life, the very persecution that the enemy intended for evil and that God was going to use for good, and they don't get to go through their night, they're never going to have a daybreak. They're never going to have that experience. And some of you, if you're not careful, please love me after I say this, but if you're not careful, you're messing your children, you're messing your children up because of you're getting them out of everything. Sometimes, in order to learn responsibility, they need to face the consequences of their choices. It will help mature them, develop character and integrity in them. Somebody just got freed up. You have a codependent relationship. You are are just helping uh, facilitate a bad lifestyle in somebody's life. You're being there and you're you're just uh, aiding and abetting to that. I'm telling you, the father let his prodigal son go and he needed the nighttime experience of getting to the place he had to eat with the swine before he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he says, uh, the hired hands in my dad's uh, house is better off in the farm and the field and all that I am. And I'd be better off. He'd just forgive me and, and let me come in as a hired hand. I'm better off than where I'm at, where my choices have brought me. He came to himself. Now we know the father uh, didn't uh, hire him on, but restored him, redeemed him in a great way. But sometimes you just gotta, you're going through what you're going through because it's gonna be, it's not that the Lord gave it to you, it's the devil coming against you, but the Lord set it up that what the devil means for evil is gonna get turned for good. It, he's providing you with the, with the bricks and the stones to build the staircase to the... You go to the next level. So He's throwing and hurling stones at you, trying to destroy you, but you're taking them and you're rearranging them by the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and now you've got this beautiful walkway and this beautiful staircase that'll take you to a whole nother level. Hallelujah. Jesus basically told Peter, Peter, you're not doing me a favor to stop Me from the crucifixion. Because if there's no crucifixion, there'll be no resurrection. If there's no crucifixion, there'll be no resurrection. So with these principles in mind, let's consider the text before us as I just want to make a few points of that and we try to wrap this thing up and be able to carry it home with us. There was these 12 tribes of Israel and each of them, had their leader had a, a staff. A rod, uh, like that broomstick, or dead, lifeless. It was like a cured piece of wood. And uh, each of these sticks represented the authority over that tribe. But there was a dispute. The people of God were being led miraculously by the presence of God and the people of God. But there was a dispute. Can you believe it? They're enjoying manna from heaven, supernatural water in a desert from rocks. And it, there's a dispute among the people of God. Huh? Anytime you're going to be blessed of God, you can expect a dispute. Amen. Oh, don't you throw in your Christianity just because somebody got up in your face. Don't you throw in your Christianity just because somebody talking behind your back. You should expect a dispute. See, there, there was a dispute as to who was going to be leading, who was going to be in charge. Now, God had chosen Moses and Aaron, but they didn't like God's choice. They said, we should all be in the same at the same level doing the same thing. And, uh, and this dispute, I won't tell you the details. You can read about them. But God did some things, uh, a precursor to this, like opening up the earth and swallowing the leaders of it. That <laughs> just, just took them out. And... Uh, But then what they had started kept spreading. Even though the earth had swallowed them, it kept spreading. So here God says, okay, we're going to settle this. We're going to settle it. Give us every one of the leaders, bring a stick, their rod, staff, write their name on it, and put it in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant there in the tabernacle. And God says, I'm going to choose. I'm going to show you who I'm going to choose to be the leader here uh, in, in, in this aspect of the 12 tribes and the ministry and so forth. So I'm just here to encourage somebody. There's always going to be those who will murmur and complain and say it shouldn't be the way it is. That's always going to happen. It happened there in the presence with God speaking to them, God showing His presence with a cloud by day and His presence with a pillar of fire by night. So don't you get all worked up and ready to resign and quit and walk away from serving God just because people, okay? Okay. Because the devil uses the weakness in people, especially those closest to you, to try to get to you, okay? So they're not the devil. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. They're not the devil. It's just the devil's using their weakness to try and do it. So don't give up on your dream because there's a few scoffers, okay? And don't pray for the Lord to open the earth and swallow them up either. I know your flesh would like that. God, kill them. God, do it. Okay, no, no, repent. Don't do that. Okay, so they laid these 12 rods out before the Lord. And, uh, and we see who survives through the night. And the Bible you know, basically says God, you know, God is saying, don't worry about what people are saying. Just keep it before me. If you'll keep it before me, I'll show you the way. So God settles it, and we see that the devil may have started it, but God says, I'm going to settle it. Now, this dispute was happening. It was not God's will it would happen. It was the devil behind it. The devil started it, but God says, I'm going to settle it. See, the devil may have meant it for evil, but God says, I'm going to settle it. See, you may be in trouble today. You may be dealing with something very negative today, and the devil started it, but God's going to settle it. You may have had to go through something. There was an attack straight from the pit of hell. The devil started it, but God says, I'm going to settle it. Somebody receive that right now. God's going to settle it. God's going to get the last word in your circumstance, in your situation. Situation. You took an, a hit from the enemy, but God's going to settle it if you'll keep it in Him and keep it in faith. So, so God said, the battle's not yours. It is mine, saith the Lord. It is not yours. Somebody needs to hear that right now. You're freed up from it. The battle is not yours. It's not yours. God says, let me, let me be engaged in this and I will settle it. Hallelujah. So they lay their rods before the Lord and and, uh, and, and you can, let me tell you what, this is, this is so important that we learn from this that we need to lay our stuff before the Lord in the middle of our mess. We don't wait till it gets blessed before we come to God. God can take care of our mess. I know I'm preaching to somebody today that you're going to get blessed in the middle of your mess. You're going to get blessed in the middle of that 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 uh, uh, attack that is coming against you. It's not going to be when it's over you're blessed. The blessing is going to come to you in the midst of your mess. Don't blow it here. Stay. And in faith. Hallelujah. Don't be trying to straighten up your mess so that you can be blessed. No, God says, give me your mess. Give it to me right where you're at and let me do the miracle in and through it. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we just got it all backwards. We want, we want people leading praise uh, who are living in daybreak. We want, we want to believe that you can only uh, be uh, up front and, and, and serving the Lord in and, and our families and serving the Lord in our businesses and serving the Lord in our schools when we're living in daybreak. But I tell you what, if you want to find true praisers, you find somebody who's standing in the middle of their night. You find someone who in the middle of their night, they say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I believe God is good. And though it looks like he's coming against me, I'm going to believe that this is of the devil. And I'm going to believe that though the canker worms eat the flesh off of my bones, uh, that in my flesh I will stand with Him. I'm not giving up on my God. That's a true praiser. In the middle of your darkness, in the middle of your midnight, in the middle of your prison cell, in the middle of your bondage, you says I'm going to praise my God. Hallelujah. I may, never, may not look like I'm going to ever get out of this, but I'm going to praise Him anyway. I'm going to praise Him with no job. I'm going to praise Him with no friends. I'm going to praise Him with no home. I'm going to praise Him with no spouse. I'm going to praise him with no help I'm gonna praise him with no support I'm gonna praise him with pain in my body I'm gonna praise him when I'm down in my back I'm gonna praise him with my legs out of joint. I'm gonna praise him because I know my God is able my God's gonna bring me up and up and through this thing here hallelujah hallelujah God said by morning the miracle took place and he calls the dead thing in the middle of the night. The dead thing begin to bud. The dead thing began to blossom. The dead thing began to bear fruit. And we all got some dead stuff in our life. We all have things that are dead that we're still walking with anyway. That's not growing, but we're walking with it anyway. But if you'll just have a faith, the faith to lay that dead thing at the feet of Jesus, lay that dead thing at the foot of the cross, if you'll put it on the altar before Him. And let me tell you I'll let the hand of God bless it, I'm telling you, it will bud, it will blossom, and it will bring forth fruit overnight! Overnight! Hallelujah. Anybody in here got some circumstances? Anybody got some situations? Anybody got some attacks of the devil that's been coming against you? I want you to stand right now. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you right now. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I hear your spirit saying, declare and decree. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you right now that God would bring life to some dead men today. There's been in here you're like dead men walking. You've had circumstances hit you from the left. You've had circumstances hit you from the right. You may be male, you may be female, but you're, you're the sons and daughters of God. And the enemy's been trying to take you out. And it's like your heart has just been hurt. And your heart has been dying. But God says, if you'll place it before me today, I'm going to cause it to bud and blossom and bring forth fruit. Bring that deadness to me. Bring those dead finances to me. It's time that you stop walking around with a dead stick of finances. A symbol of finances, but it's it's dead. It's not producing fruit. God said, I want to take the lid off of the finances because through you I want to finance my kingdom. Through you I want to advance my kingdom. Through you I want to reach the hundreds of thousands of millions of billions of people and I got to flow through you. to so take that dead thing and that thing that tells you it can't happen and won't happen and it's, it's, it's day and age is over. It's cut off from the root. God says, no, I'm the root of Jesse. God said, no, you come and bring it to me and I'll cause that dead thing to live. Those dead finances, we lay before the Lord. Somebody's believing your best days of finances are behind you. The devil is a liar. God says, you bring that need before me. You bring that that if you put the authority of it under me, uh, I'll show you the supernatural miracle. There's some dead dreams today uh, that you've been walking around with. You used to be excited about it. You used to tell other people about it and there was a glisten and a glimmer in your eye. And there was a pep in your step when you were thinking about those dreams. But you've given up on those dreams. Uh, God says, I I need you to take those dreams and bring them before me. He said, I gave, granted you the desires of your heart. I'm the one put that dream in there. And I need that dream to come to pass. I need that dream to be manifest. I need that dream for my kingdom. Place it on the altar before me. I pray today in the name of Jesus that dead visions would come alive. Dead hopes would be rebirthed today. Dead marriages would come back to life in the name of Jesus. The devil says, it's over. You'll never have the love you once had God says, I've got a greater level of love for you and intimacy for you and prosperity for your marriage than you've ever imagined. But I need you to put it on the altar. And I can cause that dead marriage to come back to life. To bud and blossom and bring forth fruit. There's dead businesses, that ideas that the Lord gave you and businesses that you wanted to do or you've done and it seemingly fell apart. God said, no, 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 no. I need you to bring that dead thing and lay it before me. Put it at the foot of the cross. Put it to where the blood and the Word and the spirit of the living God can bring forth in the night season a miracle a, a miracle in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah glory to God Lord bring it to life bring it to life bring it to life in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I want you to think about this the Israelites they wanted a representative that they could be their leader who is our leader God said, this is how it's going to work. Leader of every tribe, bring staff of authority, place it before the Ark of the Covenant. And the one that comes back to life, that's who the leader is. And the next day, Aaron's rod came back to life. The next day, there was life on that dead stick. It budded, it blossomed, it bore fruit. Hallelujah. Fruitfulness is the qualification for leadership. And Aaron's rod is a picture of Jesus here. I want you to see this. And as you read throughout history, people saying this one or that one should should lead us. This one should be our leader. Maybe Muhammad should be our leader. Maybe Buddha should be our leader. Maybe this one, maybe that one. Maybe Jesus should be our leader. And God said, this is how it's going to work. We'll cut them all off. We'll cut them all off. They'll be dead. And, 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 And whichever one comes back to life, that's the one we're going to follow. That's the one we're going to follow. And I'm here to tell you today, do you hear what I'm saying? Muhammad is still dead. And Buddha is still dead. But my Jesus and your Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, He got up on the third day. He came back to life. And we're going to follow Him. We're going to follow Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands before Him. If you've never surrendered, to follow the leadership of Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered your life to Him. You can do it right now. You're surrounded by men and women of God who have made this uh, a heart commitment, who have made this declaration of faith. Their hands are raised. You see their hands all around you. I'm telling you, this is for you right now. If you, the Bible says, will repent of your sins and ask God to forgive you, He will forgive you. If you will turn from your wicked way, God will come in and cleanse you. And God will restore you. And God will forgive you. And the Bible says, if you'll believe with your heart that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, that He budded, He blossomed, and He bore fruit, hallelujah, He came back to life. If you believe, you confess with your mouth that He's your Lord, you'll be saved. Oh, you see people with their hands lifted all around you. They've confessed Jesus as their Lord. They've surrendered their lives to Him. But maybe you have not. I would challenge you right now to just raise your hand with them and say, Jesus, Jesus, I call on your most precious name. I call on your most powerful name, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I surrender to you because I believe. Yes, you did. The tomb is empty. You came back alive. And Lord, you choose the leader when the one who is dead comes back to life. And Jesus, I thank you that you allow me to surrender and follow you and serve you and honor you. Just call on Him right now. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Call on Him right now. Jesus, come forgive me. Jesus, cleanse me. Jesus, come be seated on the throne of my heart. I surrender to your Lordship. I want to declare today That you are my God. Just go ahead and make that declaration. The Bible says when you do, you are saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and angels of heaven begin to rejoice and dance and praise God because now you have an eternal home. But you also have, God also has an earthly home in your heart and through your life so that you can live your life for Him. Will you commit your way to Him? Jesus, I commit my way to you. Hallelujah. From this day forward i serve you you are my god i am your son or daughter i am yours and i will love you and live for you all the days of my life make that commitment to him right now